door into God's family is wide open. Wide open. For those who don't know me, this stick is more than a fashion accessory. Uh, I slammed into a telegraph pole when I was uh, a drunken teenager back in the 60s and uh, damaged my spine. A bit like that guy on the, on the, on the Chosen, eh? I'm looking forward to uh, Jesus healing me one day. But meanwhile, he's doing, a, he's doing a reasonable job of putting the head back together. He says, body, that's easy. Give you a brand spanking new body at my second coming. But meanwhile, I'm going to get rid of your stinking thinking and start putting your head back together. So praise God for that, eh? Hallelujah. <laughs> and don't forget, that door is open. Can we have that scripture up on the screen, please? Um, I, I came up... <laughs> I, I left home this morning without my glasses. I brought this Bible with me, but can't read it without glasses. So we, Pastor Kim put that scripture up on the screen. Uh, I typed it up earlier on, so uh, there we go. Um, 1 Peter chapter 2, 9. Okay, let's, um, let's, uh, let's read it together, especially the kids. Go for it. But you are, a cho you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Let's leave it up there, that scripture. Uh, <laughs> throughout the scripture, we see lots of contrasts, don't we? Uh, sheep and the goats, wheat and the weeds, good fish, bad fish, wise and foolish virgins, lots of contrasts. But here, the Apostle Peter divides the human race into two. Now, they're not equal, they're not equal divisions, not half each, but he divides the human race into two. Those who are living in darkness and those who have responded to God's Spirit and walked through that open door and are now walking in God's light. He's called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Praise God for that. Oh, lots and lots of contrast. Well, that's a magnificent contrast. I was with a friend of mine, uh, an astronomer, a while back, and, uh, and he was giving me a guided tour of space through his telescope. And he was showing me all these wonders of the sky up there, and beautiful, magnificent night. Being a bit of a layman in the field of astronomy, I said, um, well, if I was to take a rocket ship and just shoot up there into space, you know, say half a million light years, what would the sky look like out there? And he said, well, <laughs> It depends on where you went, which direction you pointed it. If you're in, if you're in some, some starry system, some kind of like the solar system we've got here, well, okay, you'd, and you're on some little planet somewhere, you'd have night and day, just like we've got night and day here. Uh, if you're a long way away from a... You're in the solar system, but a long way away from the, that particular star, well, you'd still be able to see... You wouldn't have light and day, you just have darkness, but you'd still be able to see the little pinpoints of light in the heavens. However, if you, are, if you are half a million light years away, as you said, now one light year equals three million million miles. So according to my arithmetic, one, no, one light year equals six million million miles. So half a million light years is three million 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 miles. He said if you were three million 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 miles away from the star, you wouldn't be able to see your hand in front of your face. It would be pitch dark. And he said, most of space is like that. 
despite the fact that there's trillions and trillions of blazing stars up there, huge that most of space is like that, pitch darkness. I thought, wow, there's a lot of darkness up there. And according to our Apostle Peter, we don't have to go up there to see it, eh? There's a lot of darkness down here as well. But praise the Lord, he's called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Actually, the Bible says, Genesis chapter 1, that this, this earth began its, um, its, its rotation in, in, in darkness. The uh, darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God looked at that. He said, I think I can improve on this. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Light flooded in from this side. Light flooded out from that side. Darkness flooded out the back. And there was light, beautiful light. And, and as I said, the rotation of the earth began with darkness. The evening and then the morning were the first day. But you know what? The Bible talks of a place where there will be no night there. Revelation chapter 21, 22, and certainly no night in human hearts. And praise God for that. And the Apostle Peter tells us that we can begin to experience this, this wonderful daylight experience right here and now, even with our two feet firmly anchored on the deck down here, or not so firmly anchored in my case. We can begin to experience that beautiful daylight experience now. Praise God for that. And the longer I'm a Christian, the more people I meet who have, who, who have walked through that door, who have said yes to Jesus, and his beautiful Holy Spirit has flooded in, and they're walking in daylight now. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, it was a dark night for Nicodemus, uh, John chapter 3 there. Uh, Nicodemus, we saw him on the film. I think that guy that played Nicodemus on that chosen did a really, really good job. Eh? And, uh, and uh, Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night because he's, you know, he's a man of standing in the community and he doesn't want to be seen in the daytime uh, with this um, radical young rabbi with no pedigree and no, certainly no, um, no theological degrees. And uh, so he comes to Jesus at night, but he's watching the miracles. And, and so he, he, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he says, Rabbi! So he throws him a bone, calling him teacher. Um, these miracles that you're doing, wow, you, you must be from God. And Jesus said, ah, Nicodemus, you want to talk about miracles, do you? I love it well, the way Jesus started where a person was at. The farmer, they talk about farming. Fisher person, they talk about fisher. A banker, tax collector, they talk about money. Well, Nicodemus was a theologian, so Jesus, and he wanted to talk about miracles. So Jesus said, miracles, all right, let's talk about miracles tonight. He said, all sorts of miracles, all sorts of miracles can happen, Nicodemus. Like miracles in the, in the natural world. The wind, <laughs> now I love the King James Version on this one. The wind bloweth where it lifteth, and thou heareth the sound thereof, but you canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. I think it helps to lift, to speak the Elizabethan English. The wind blows where it wants to. And you can hear its sound, but you can't see it. You can see the effect that it's having, and it's just like that with the Spirit of God. It blows where it wants to. Hallelujah for that. What about that for a miracle? Miracles in the, uh, miracles in the historical world, Nicodemus. There they are. They're out, in the, they're out in the wilderness. The Israelites have just come out of Egypt. They're mumbling and grumbling and moaning. And, uh, and, uh, and God temporarily withdraws his protection. And the devil, Satan, sends snakes into the camp. Not God. Satan sends snakes into the camp. And people are dying from these snakes. And, uh, and, uh, and all of a sudden, attention all campus, this is your leader speaking. 
this is your leader speaking attention all campers God has asked me to make a bronze snake and I'll put it on a pole all you need to do is come to the edge of your tent and look at this bronze snake and you'll be healed and they did people who were dying and, and foaming in the mouth and their limbs were paralyzed and paralyzed and their eyes were rolling back and all the blood had drained out of their body and they looked they looked at this bronze snake in a pole and uh, the, the blood flowed back in their, into, their, into, their, into their limbs and their bodies and their, and, their, and, their, and their faces once again glowed with the ruddy glow of health. And Jesus said, just like Moses lifted up that snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must also be lifted up. And, and, and Nicodemus is going, wow, that's a pretty important miracle. What about, hey, Nicodemus, what we're talking about miracles. What about the miracle of the rebirth? Hey, what about the miracle? You need to be born again, Nicodemus. And Nicodemus said, why are you telling me I'll become a little bit of baby and be born all over again in my mother's womb? Ah, Nicodemus. You're a teacher in Israel and you don't understand these things? Not talking naturally in the, in, the, in the physical world, Nicodemus. You need to be born again spiritually. And, and, and Nicodemus is, is kind of shaking his head and you can tell that he's a bit out of his depth. And, uh, and, uh, and, and with one magnificent burst of divine revelation, the Lord Jesus Christ swept aside that curtain that separates the seen from the unseen as he allowed Nicodemus to gaze in rapt wonderment into the infinite immensity of God's everlasting love. As it fell from his lips, the greatest text in all the Bible, God loved the world so much that he gave his unique, his one and only, his only begotten son, so that if anybody trusts in him, they won't be dead forever, they'll be alive forever. What about that for a miracle, Nicodemus? Won't you believe that's the greatest miracle that God could ever possibly do? And won't you believe that I, Yeshua, Jesus, from up Nazareth, Galilee way, am at the very heart and soul of that miracle? Won't you receive me tonight as your, your Messiah, your Mashiach, your Messiah and your Saviour? And we're not told just when the penny dropped for Nicodemus, but it certainly did drop. The penny certainly did drop because, uh, because uh, he was there. He was there defending Jesus at that illegal night trial, throwing his reputation on the line, didn't care. Rumour has it that he went with uh, Joseph of Arimathea to, to, to Pilate to ask for the body of Jesus to give it a, 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 a decent burial. Yes, all is darkness until Jesus comes into a person's life. And then all is light because God is light. Hallelujah for that. It was a dark night for me, August 19, 1976 in the Gold Coast. And, uh, but the next morning, glorious, beautiful born-again experience. I won't share that story now. I run out of time. Shared it during the week with the, uh, with the students. But um, darkness until Jesus comes along. It was a dark night for Peter, <laughs> the Apostle Peter. He... Uh, He'd just been getting it so, so, so wrong. Wind the clock back a little earlier. A uh, few weeks, few months earlier, uh, Jesus is there and he said, like, who, who, who do people reckon I am? And, uh, and someone said, well, some people think, reckon you're John the Baptist reincarnated. Some people reckon you're Elijah the prophet. 
Yeah, 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 all that, yeah, yeah. But who do you reckon I am? Who do you reckon I am? And Peter puffs his chest out and says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus looks him square in the eye and he says, Peter, flesh and blood hasn't revealed that to you, but my father in heaven has revealed that to you. And Peter's feeling pretty good with this. He's pretty, pretty chilled with that. Hey, hey, hey. And, uh, and then Jesus talks about his forthcoming arrest and torture and crucifixion. And Peter says, whoa, 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 that ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen, Jesus. There's no way we're going to allow that to happen. And once again, Jesus looks him spare in the eye. He says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> I guess I got that wrong. I guess I got that wrong. You sure did, Peter. You sure did. That was Satan speaking straight through Peter there. And then there they are in the, uh, in the upper room. And Jesus has taken off his outer garments and he's, and he's kneeling down and he's washing their feet. And, and he gets to Peter and Peter says, no way you're going to wash my feet. No way. Jesus says, okay, you're cool. You're cool, Peter. Have it your way. That's fine. But if I don't wash your feet, you're not in my team. You can't be on my team unless I wash your feet. Oh, <laughs> wash the whole lot of me. No, 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 just your feet's enough. You've been baptised. You've been baptised. Just your feet, that's enough. And then a few hours later, there they are in the, uh, in the, in the, in the upper room and, and, uh, and Jesus says, you're all going to desert me, you know. Every one of you is going to desert me. And Peter says, no way. No way. We're not going to desert you. I'm not. They might. I'm not. I'm going to stick with you. Come on, let them come. I'll take them. I'll take them one at a time. I'll take them all at once. But I'll stick with you, Jesus. No, nah, Peter. You got that wrong as well. Before that rooster goes, tomorrow morning, you're going to deny that you even know me three times. Three times you're going to deny me. Peter said, no, no, ain't going to happen. They leave the upper room. They walk down through the Garden of Gethsemane. And even now already, Jesus is beginning to go through his own spiritual Armageddon with blood and sweat and agonizing tears. He says, pray for me, guys. Please pray for me. He takes Peter, James, and John off, separate from the rest of the, the, rest of the group, uh, the other 11 and uh, the other nine, one, uh, the other three, uh, the other the other eight, and and uh, he leaves the eight, eight there, and he takes these three, and, and he says, "Pray for me, praise, pray, pray. If ever you needed to pray for me, it's now." And even now, Jesus was becoming sin for us who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Praise God! What a transaction! And he's going through this horrible, horrible time. Blood's coming out the pores of his face, his skin. And he comes back an hour later, and there they are, standing up the Zeds. Sound asleep. He goes back and he prays for another hour, same thing again. Sound asleep. Oh, Jesus, Jesus said, God, you even pray for me just for an hour, guys, please. I need it. You know, Peter says, I'm so sorry, Lord, it's been a big day. We're just you know, here, it's late at night. And, uh, and Jesus goes back and he prays for another hour. He prays for another hour. And he comes back and here they are sound asleep. 
And I wake up, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. Too late. And they see the torches of the mob coming to arrest him. Judas and the mob leading the mob comes close, plants a kiss on Jesus' cheek. You want to betray the Son of Man with a kiss, Judas? And Peter, by now, he's so ashamed and he's so full of himself. I mean, his, 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 his failures was getting to him. He, he just failed so many, many, many times. His failures were getting to him. And, uh, and, and, and he finds a sword somewhere. He whips out a sword from someone. He's what he's doing with a sword. And, uh, and he who lives by the sword will die by the sword. And he, and he takes a swat at this bloke. He tries to lop off his head, misses the head, and manages to lop off an ear. He said, don't do that, Peter. Might only be an ear, but it's still hurt picks up the ear and puts it back on. And, uh, and, and they all flee, including Peter. They flee. They desert him, just like Jesus said they would. Take Jesus off to various judgment halls. There they are in, in Pilate's judgment hall. Jesus is upstairs, and, and, and Peter's kind of following along at a safe distance, and he's just sort of warming himself by the, by the, by the, by the little fire thing, the brazier thing, in the, in the courtyard. And, and someone comes up to him and says, hey, Hey, you're one of his mob. You're one of his mob, yeah. What are you talking about? I've never, yeah, this, this guy upstairs, this Jesus, you're one of his crew. <laughs> no way. You got that wrong. And then a little while later, a, a little young girl. Hey, look, yeah, yeah, look, I've, I've definitely seen you. I've seen you with him. You're one of his crew. I've, I've, I've seen you with him. No way. What are you talking about? Don't be stupid. And then, and, and, and then a little bit later, someone else says, look, the way you talk, you're a Galilean from up Galilee way. Yeah, you're definitely part of his crew. And Peter lets out blasphemy and curses and oaths and screams as he denies his Lord for the third time. And then, cock a doodle There you go again, Peter. You blew it again, Peter. <laughs> you're a failure. You're just a failure, that's all you are, Peter. You couldn't possibly get it right. As far as Peter was concerned, that rooster was joining in the merriment at the fall of the apostle Peter. But roosters don't crow at that time of the day to mock the apostle Peters of the world. They crow at that time of the day to announce that a new day is coming and that's how it was for Peter. Peter went back to that garden. He went back to that garden of Gethsemane where Jesus had agonised in his own spiritual Armageddon with blood, sweat and agonising tears. And, uh, and, 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 and he lay down prostrate on that cold grass and he blubbered his heart out. He repented. He repented with everything he had for, the, for his slackness, for his arrogant independence from God, for his self-sufficiency, his lack of relying on God. And when he got through with his, with, his, uh, with, his, with, his, with his repenting, I imagine that by then the sun was already rising in the eastern sky. And the portrait of Jesus' repentance was framed in the dawning of a new day. I imagine the Holy Spirit tickled Peter on the ear hole and he said, Peter, see that sun rising over there in the eastern sky? Well, Jesus still loves you. Jesus still wants you on his team. 
Jesus still cares for you. Jesus has forgiven you, Peter. And before that sun sinks over the Mediterranean Ocean tonight, he's going to die on a horrible Roman cross to redeem you from your failures, to make new things out of the ruin of your life, to hold the door wide open into God's family for you, Peter. Whether the penny dropped for Peter then or whether it was a few days later when, the, when Jesus came into that room, the resurrected Christ came into that room, I don't know. But certainly the penny dropped. And sometime later, Peter writes a couple of letters. Can I have that scripture up, please? Peter writes a couple of letters. Can we leave it up? Thanks. Uh, and uh, and, and this, is a, this is a passage from his, the first letter he wrote to the, to the, to the scattered Christians throughout Asia Minor. Uh, and he says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. These people were outcasts. They, they, they were fugitives. A holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light, his wonderful light. Praise God for that. God has called me out of darkness, Peter said. And, Peter, and people say, Peter, you seem to have such a burden for this out of darkness, this out of darkness theme. <laughs> You're on about it all the time. Yeah. Because I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Jesus called me out of darkness into his marvellous light. Praise the Lord for that. You are a chosen people. You've been selected by God. You've been selected by God himself. Like a, a bridegroom selects his bride, or is it the other way around? I don't know. But uh, you've been chosen. You've been selected. Chosen. That makes you pretty special. A, a royal priesthood. Just turn to the person next to you, if you would, and just rub them on the shoulder. Just like that. Thank you. If that person next to you has received Jesus and they're walking in the light, I put it to you this morning that you're rubbing shoulders with royalty this morning. That puts us in pretty classy society, doesn't it? Pretty classy society. Rubbing shoulders with royalty. A priesthood, a royal priesthood. Hang on, what's that all about? Two places in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 and verse 9, Peter says they're a priesthood. His people, his Christian, the God's Christians are a priesthood. What's a priesthood? Well, a priest is a, a middle person between humans and God. But he says, you're a priest. So welcome to all my fellow priests and priestesses. And what's the job of a priest? Did I say priestesses? Sure did. What's the job of a priest? A job of a priest says, hey, I want, you, I want you to get to know my Jesus. He's a real friend. He's made a huge difference in my life. That's your job and that's my job and that's your privilege and that's my privilege when you're walking in the light as Jesus calls you into the light. Praise God. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. God's special possession. A holy nation. You're not in isolation anymore. You're part of the community. When you've walked through that door and received Jesus into your life, Walked through that door representing God's family and it was just such a spin out yesterday to see over a thousand students walking through that door and receiving Jesus. Wow, incredible. I've been doing this for a long time. I've never seen anything like that. Praise God for this, for the, for this team that put this together and all the prayers that you put into it. The Holy Spirit just bathed this program. If you've walked through that door, then, uh, then you are God's holy possession. You're not in isolation anymore. You're in community. I love those words. I tried to write them on my hand. 
uh, team that from the song this morning. People come together, strangers and what's the name? Neighbours? In the song, the line on the song on the screen. People come together, washed. Um, uh, our blood is one. How's that line go? Doesn't matter. I, I wrote down neighbours. I wasn't sure what that's. Together, strangers become neighbours, family. That's what it's like when you're walking in the light. Praise God for that. God's special possession. Strangers, neighbours, our blood is one. I've got the neighbours, right? Our blood is one. Well, the blood of Christ. We have the blood of Christ. Put the scripture up again. Thank you. Uh, yeah, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness in his marvellous light. You'd have such a burden for it, Peter. Yeah, because I know, I know, I know what he did for me. Praise the Lord. It's his marvellous light, his wonderful light. What's so wonderful about it? What's so wonderful about walking in the light? Well, with it, eternal life has already began. Even when you're two feet anchored down here, eternal life has begun already. That's pretty wonderful, isn't it? With it comes the forgiveness of sins. With it comes a new start as God begins to, to rebuild the, those ruins. Uh, hey, kids. I don't know, it might be too hard. I wonder if we could put the broken bits on top. doesn't matter. They'll probably fall over. Uh, um, yeah, God rebuilds the ruins of our lives, doesn't he? God rebuilds the ruins of our lives. Everything that God holds, he makes it shine like gold. Beautiful. He holds the door right open and there's nothing, nothing that he leaves broken. Praise God for that. Praise God for this. He's called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I, I heard the voice of Jesus say, the morning after that dark night, August 19, 1976, tripping on drugs, and uh, I heard the, the voice of Jesus say, I am this dark world's light. I didn't hear this, <laughs> but I heard Jesus speak to me that morning. I'm not one of these preachers that says, you know, uh, uses that term flippantly, God told me this, God told me that. God told me to have rice bubbles instead of cornflakes. God told me to wear blue socks instead of brown. Uh-uh. Uh, God spoke to me that morning. Praise God. My life has never been the same since. Instantly. I've been an alcoholic 15 years. Drugs for 10. Gone. All desire. Instantly gone. Beautifully born again. Grass is greener. The colours are more colourful. Wait in the queue for half an hour. Just not feeling hassled. Impatient. Magnificent honeymoon experience with Jesus. And I knew there and then I'd spend the rest of my days sharing Jesus with anyone that wanted to listen. Praise God. I praise God that he called me and many of you as well out of darkness into his marvellous light. I heard the voice of Jesus say, I am this dark world's light. Look unto me. Your morn shall rise. Your morning shall rise. And all your days be bright. I look to Jesus and I found in him my star, my sun. And in that light of life, I'll walk till traveling days are done. As the band comes up, maybe there's someone here this morning that hasn't walked into God's family. Would you, would you, like, to, um, would you like to come and do that now? Come up onto the platform if you want to receive Jesus, if you really decide that you're, you're sick of living in a dark life 
and you want to really receive Jesus into your life and come up here and shake my hand on the platform, walk through that open door. The door's wide open. <laughs> Can I walk through that door, mate? Good on you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. You're a, you're a muso. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, is there anyone else? <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be here publicly. Jesus said, if you declare it publicly, if you declare me publicly before the angels of heaven, I'll declare you publicly. Uh, but if, if you declare me publicly before people, I'll declare you publicly before the angels of heaven. But hey, that's cool. When you lay your head on the pillow tonight, you can, just, you can still make that transaction unless you've already made it, and you probably have, I'm guessing. Uh, if you come out on a, on a, on a, in a deluge like this morning <laughs> to church, you've probably already made that decision. But if you haven't, you, you don't need to... Um, you don't need to uh, there's, no, there's no fancy way of doing it. You just... Yes. Uh, notice, how, how do we get a slice of this action? He says, He has called you out of darkness. There's no mature age examinations or immature age examinations. None of that. There's no, the only BA that's necessary is born again. And he brings that about. We just got to make the decision. Praise the Lord for that. So he has called you out of darkness. So make that decision tonight and tell one of these guys next week. Whatever. Let's sing a song. <laughs>